the football pod. Booing and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath because he puts the bloody ball 14 uh, yards beyond. The, the second he hits it, I knew we were under pressure. Like. Subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now. You're very welcome back. We're continuing with the GA. Liam Hayes with us in the last hour, but we're turning our attention now to carry 20 points, Galway 16. It is All-Ireland number 38 for Kerry, their first since 2014. So in Kerry terms, that is a famine. Uh, Fourth for Jack O'Connor in his third stint in charge. An extraordinary uh, record increasingly, Jack O'Connor. Very happy to say Colin Boyle, a four-time All-Star with Mayo and Enda McGinley, who has three All-Irelands with Kerry, are going to join us to talk about the game and the ramifications for the years ahead. But first, Jack O'Connor himself, he was on OTBAM this morning with Jair and Nathan from the Team Hotel. Lots of interviews from the Team Hotel if you want to go online and watch them back or listen to them on the OTB Sports app. And the lads were lucky to get a few minutes with Jack O'Connor. We're just going to play you some of that now because he gives, uh, I think, despite not you know sharing everything as is uh, Jack O'Connor's want, you get a great insight into his thinking on the game yesterday and also on his year with Kerry going back to the league campaign as well. So here's a fair portion of the interview this morning with Jack O'Connor on OTBAM with Jaron Nathan. I'm delighted to say we've got Jack O'Connor with us. Uh, Jack, <laughs> good morning to you. How are you? Well, I was off in healthier, but I'm really happy. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, the, the feeling in the immediate aftermath, because you, you talked a good bit about the pressure that the team were under. So is it relief? Is it joy? How does it compare? That's a mixture of everything, really. Um, to be honest with you, I, this team have been under pressure. And uh, I think that possibly showed, um, particularly in the first half yesterday, I think we just were a bit unsettled and snatchy at chances and that. I mean, we kicked six or seven ways before Galway had a wide. And I thought, I think that was the story the first half. We were happy enough that in general play we were doing well, but we certainly weren't composed enough up front. So it was a case of just getting them into the dressing room and settling things down. And uh, I think they showed that we kicked 13 points in the second half, which is good, good going. You said in the uh, post-match press conference there was a few yahoos in the, uh, in the halftime team talk. What did you say? <laughs> no, we won't be going into that now. Ah, uh, look... <laughs> I just look. Sometimes, you know, we we we're normally fairly composed in the in the dressing room, and you know, there's never any loud loud talking or shouting or anything like that. But I I felt that the boys were a bit lethargic yesterday. Maybe maybe you know you don't you don't use that kind of of um, a, a, of a tactic very often. But sometimes it's needed. You know, that fellas just need to just go at the go at the game. I thought I thought there was there was a way more in us and. Uh, Look, that that showed in the second half that that I mean because Galway didn't go away. Like I mean, we needed to play very very well in the second half to win that game because Galway just kept at it, and uh, they went two points up. We pegged them back. They'd go back up again, and um, look off the top of my head, there was nothing in that game until the last five minutes when we got a couple of scores to pull away. Yeah, the the um, intensity of your play in the last five, six minutes was at a higher level than Galway's and there was probably a few goal chances for you as well. So that was the team being calm in the clutch moments. What do you put that down to? Look, the team, the, 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 this group of lads are maturing. I mean, the, 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 there's been, as I said to you earlier, there's, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, near misses over the last few years. And, uh, you know, over the years, and particularly this year, I think that, you know, we, we, we pro- they, they proved that you know, that could win tight games. I mean, the Dublin game was a big landmark moment for this group, really and truly. And like when push came to shove yesterday, we had that to fall back on. That was a game that we could easily, very easily have lost. And I mean, it did take a remarkable kick uh, at the end to win it, but it was the way that we, we hung in there when the game was going against us in the second half. 
uh, against Dublin with all the momentum and the wind behind them and the hill behind them. That was that was a, a defining moment for the group, I feel. Because it's funny, people talk about experience and how Kerry were more experienced than Galway, but some of that experience was actually losing big games an All-Ireland Final replay, an All-Ireland Final uh, against the Dubs in, in 19 as well, where that could have been something that was more traumatic and, and that uh, and that's potentially why the semi-final was so important because that, that was the exorcism of some of those ghosts, was it? Uh, possibly, yeah, possibly. I mean, my last All-Ireland Final was, was, was 11 years ago in 2011 and, and uh, you know, we lost an agonising, uh, we had suffered an agonising defeat at, uh, you know, Stephen Cluxton's famous free uh, that was a very, very tough one. Uh, did, I, did we learn from it? I tell you something. The one thing you learn is that it doesn't go away from you. You know, those those games that you lose like that, they stay with you. They stay with you in a way that the wins don't even stay with you. You know, so if you can't learn from that kind of stuff, you never learn. And so, therefore, this team, uh, when you say they're maturing, their their game management is maturing, their understanding of how to win games and, and what what's required particularly down the stretch is maturing how do you work on that how did, how like what over the course of the year when did you feel that was happening oh, well i think the league is a very important competition now anybody anybody who has ambitions of, of of winning the championship needs to you know be road tested in the league and the league in many ways is a simulator for the championship and we had we had some very we had some great results and some tough games this year in the, in, the, in the league we we you know we had a game down in Tralee in the month of february uh, the, where we beat Mayo by a point in a, in a, in a, in a, on a very bad night with, with a huge crowd in, in, in Astastag Park. I think there was maybe ten or 12,000 there. That was a game that uh, I felt, you know, we could refer back to many times afterwards. And and uh, we, did, we had a tough game of Ovenarma. We won a tight game there. Uh, we, won, we won a couple of more tight games. And all that feeds into the confidence and the belief that when push comes to shove, you know, you find a way in. You know that's what he did against Dublin and, and again yesterday. And one last thing, can you talk to us a little bit about the influence of, of Paddy Talley on the, the game plan and how that evolved over the, the course of the year? I uh, look, Paddy is Paddy is, is a top class coach, and uh, you know he's he, you know we've had great fun this year. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe Paddy does things a little bit different to you know the way we do things down in Kerry, but uh, the balance we got in the management I think was very important and uh, crucial. I mean, Mike and Diarmuid are, 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 are great brains for the game as well. And we all contributed to coaching, but Paddy just was a, just a little bit different. I think he just brought the balance to the, the coaching ticket that we needed. Because the defensive record is sensational. One goal in championship conceded and an absolute worldie from, from Cormac Costello to score that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just said after the, you know, the game yesterday to the, to the written press that, uh, Anytime Kerry don't concede goals, you you have a chance, you know, because we we do have have, have forwards that can kick points, and I mean twenty points will win you a lot of games once you once you don't concede a goal or two, and that was that was that was that was the same story yesterday. There you are, Jack O'Connor on OTBAM this morning speaking to Jer and Nathan. Very happy to say we have Colin Boyle, four times an All Star, with us evening, Colin. Evening, Joe. How are you? Very well. And Enda McGinley, who has three All Irelands to his name with us as well. Hey, Enda. Evening. Loads of interesting insights, I thought, in that interview from Jack O'Connor. Column a real insight into his thinking. And, you know, I suspect you both had this experience where there are certain uh, moments along the way in a team's development where you all collectively look back and think, yeah, that was where we took another stride forward. And, and he's mentioning league games against Mayo and the wet and the wind and a big win against Armagh, almost like a reservoir that they can refer back to. And, and, and it fuels belief. And um, he has imbued this uh, team with a certain steel as everybody expected at the start of the year 
Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And, and I was actually in Tralee that night doing TV and I remember Jack O'Connor's interview after the game and he was very bullish, you know, and if, I found it quite surprising how, how he was after the game. But I think it just showed the determination that was there from his part. He mentioned the league and the focus that they put in it. Now, other managers might say, you know, it's okay for him. You know, he probably knows they're going to win the Munster title so he can put that extra bit of focus on the league. But the, league, the focus on the league was huge. And it was them games, especially against the likes of Mayo's, the Dublins, you know, their Maz, these teams he really wanted to beat. And I suppose it was to build up that mental resolve and in that competitiveness in the team. And it was really interesting that he mentioned there. It was obviously something they were referencing as the year went on. And obviously it stood to them in the latter stages of the championship. I suppose, Enid, that was the bigger or biggest question mark hanging over this Kerry team ahead of this year's All-Ireland. And if you're Jack O'Connor, given the nature of Munster and, and the run through to the final, those league games on a wet February evening against Mayo, they're, they're probably the, the few occasions where you get to test your mettle a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's against those other teams and particularly those teams with with big uh, reputations when they're coming down the road and in league. Sometimes you, you get teams just on really hot runs of form uh, and Dublin were obviously struggling. So it was up to Kerry to really stand up. Uh, but every team, when, whenever a team is sort of creating something and they had been through the heavy hits and various players have mentioned it over the years and a lot of them boys came through five minor winning teams that would have all won a couple of those they would have all seen the team of the noughties win multiple, multiple All-Irelands and obviously growing up in Kerry, there is that expectation all the time. So like any player growing up within that and then the defeat last year to, to Tyrone, the way it should have been their game and they, they just did not get over the line and they've had a couple of those near misses. And those question marks suddenly, just as a group of players, people will talk really, really loosely. The public talks really, really loosely and and in really poor terms about any team that seems to fall short. And we forget that it's so many things are just a wee matter of luck here or there. Like Peter Keane had that team ready to win the learn last year and they just fell short. A wee bit of lack of luck on, on the day as much as anything against Trone and a, and a superb Trone performance. But they were right there. And yet the talk about them and the criticism is it is sharp and it goes deep. And it is relentless, particularly somewhere down in down down in Kerry. Uh, so then, away from uh, the famous lines, go away away from the lights, so away from the sort of the, the big games and the things that everybody notices. All the hard work is done, and that is true of those league games. It's just knowing how to win games. It's knowing how to get stuck into games and do the, the the dirty work that has to be done to win games. And just as a team, start to know that whatever way a game is going that you can figure it out and that you will get across the line. Uh, and the more they've done that, like, and it's not coincident. I think the very fact that Jack O'Connor's previous times, he's won the league and he's won the championship. So for a manager, if he hadn't won them previous leagues, maybe he wouldn't have put as much store in it. But he knew going hard for the league and winning a league title, he knew how much that works in terms of his own preparation and how he leads the team and how he talks to the team and the messages he's given to his team. He knows how much that league title is the perfect uh, stepping stone for, for the salt on Sam. The other thing which jumped out column is his uh, comparison of the first half with the second half. So he rightly said 13 points in the second half of an All-Ireland final is, to use his phrase, good going, which it bloody is. I mean, you do 13 and a half and don't concede a goal, you're going to be there thereabouts. He said of the first half, this team has been under pressure 
and that we were therefore a bit snatchy, uh, not composed enough. We were a bit lethargic and to the written press he said there were a few yahoos at half time and almost an encouragement to go for the game a bit more and, and get going. So there was a marked difference between Kerry first half and second half. He put it down to some kind of lethargy or, or pressure or, or, or lack of composure. What was your perspective on Kerry in that first half? Yeah, I think pressure is just the word, Joe. Like, we spoke about it there. Like, the pressure them guys would have been under coming into this game. You know, like, everyone is expecting them to win it. People have been expecting them to win the All-Ireland the last couple of years. They've finally beaten Dublin. They're, they're back in a final. And it comes down, you know, it comes down to, you know, can they keep their nerve? And in that first half, they looked like the, the carry in the second half against Dublin that was struggling. They were really, really edgy. They were nervous. They were missing shots that you wouldn't associate with, you know, with Kerry Ford's missing. And it just looked like there was a confidence building in Galway. And they were so efficient up the other up the other end of the pitch. And I think that actually made Kerry extra edgy in front of goal in, in the first half, especially. I think mm. they had 15 shots and scored seven. But he references there once they settled down that composure. He mentioned the word composure there in his interview. They had that composure straight away when they came out at halftime. I think it was crucial for them. The first couple of shots they hit a goal and second half go over. And things just really start to flow from there. I wonder. I wonder tactically though, uh, would he would he maybe look at it again in hindsight and think it might have been because knowing that the team has this pressure on it and the nerviness of it, the fact that they went sort of a route one tactic that obviously felt there was a weakness there in the Galway full back line or goalie in terms of Gleeson and with Clifford in there, and they went route one an awful lot very early, if you know what I mean. And some maybe that robs a team of getting hands on the ball and keeping possession and lots of boys getting touches, safe touches and moving the ball on and getting everybody into the game. That route one ball, which they went a lot for in the first half, isn't really the the typical sort of carry style of play. Like whenever they really cut loose in the second half, it was really good quality balls played in. It was runners coming in. It was balls into the space out wide and then cutting in. And maybe the, the halftime talk was as much as sort of a, right, we played nothing of ourselves in that first half. Let's get out there and show what we're about. And they went, but they were much more the type of carry team you were seeing. And sometimes if you spot a weakness in the opposition, you can sort of go after it too early. And maybe they, they went after it, particularly early doors, but that robbed them too of the chance to sort of settle down into the game. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, really is. I mean, it's funny, like uh, Derry criticised for not testing out that Galway uh, keeper full back line. I almost laughed the way Kerry did it. I mean, it was like a parody of itself in the first 20 seconds. Like, whatever we do here, we're testing out that full back line column. Yeah, and we, me and you spoke about it last week, Joe. You know, we were talking about how it might be a cagey start to the game. And I was saying, you know, if Kerry threw in a couple of early balls, it could really unsettle that Galway defence. I think that's a super point by Inda. Might have almost unsettled themselves, even though they did have a certain amount of success winners. I think they got three marks, two from Clifford and a point from Ganey. Like, so they did have a some degree of success with it. But yeah, it was a throwback, to be honest. I was really enjoying it. Uh, you know, them balls just been fired in and the, the sights of the likes of David Clifford going up one of them marks it was, it was unbelievable but uh, yeah certainly in that second half things did change they ran the ball a lot more they were looking for them dink passes um, to, to boys out in front something you, you would normally associate a lot with, with Kerry over the years hmm. So you're still it's, it's a wee bit of an aside maybe we'll get off topic but it still makes me hit the forward mark all the more whenever I see a ball <laughs> go in and it's well taken I want a score from play to finish off a brilliant move 
rather than sitting and watching a free kick. It just, I just don't know, the forward mark, that was it in, it in all its glory yesterday and I still couldn't warrant it. That's interesting, yeah, because yesterday with Clifford Soren in the air end, that's as good as the mark gets. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But it just how much I would have loved to see him land, push off a man into space, one metre of space, ping it over. You would have then had a, a, a score for the ages that you would watch highlights like the likes of what Walsh's score whenever the ball got put in, he won it then went on the turn. Like just those brilliant scores from play. We don't ever look at fr- scores from freeze in a highlights reel bar. Maybe they like, well, I say that the likes of Sean O'Shea, but those simple freeze, I just don't know. I don't think it adds massively to the game but as I say I suppose that's taken away from from uh, what was brilliant fetches by Clifford and that, that the first one of his was massive and again he is a player he seems to love the battle and really know his role as a leading player and the responsibility that comes with that and to stand up take that ball even the way he put up his hand it's like yep I am in charge today. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Ah, uh, well, he's a freak. I mean, we're going to run out of superlatives if he keeps doing this for the next twelve to fifteen years. And you think, Colm at half time, given Kerry's wide count, which was seven, and the way Galway were playing, but for Clifford, that scoreline at half time could have been very scary for Kerry. He contributed four points. He had the high mark. He had a free. He then uh, scored from forty-five meters in typical. Clifford fashion and then he had another mark another brilliant mark so you take those four points away at half time and it's a very different game he does seem to have that rare ability to play well when all around him are not playing so well Unbelievable yeah and look it's something we never really doubt it but until he suppose actually did it in the All-Ireland final in the heat the moment I suppose and, and got his team over the line and literally dragged his team over the line then the, the question marks are always going to be there but sensational performance yesterday and you mentioned the first half there I think Stephen O'Brien as well in that first half mm. when the, the Kerry were kind of struggling makes two huge blocks one of them on a goal chance from, from Johnny Heaney that ricochets over the bar I think that was the only other score that Galway got from a, from a forward on the day makes a block on Stephen O'Brien on Paul Conroy and gets a point as well I think he had a, a really big influence he died in the second half a small bit but he had a really big influence in that first half but Clifford especially you know he's battled with Walsh and look at I think it's it's been mentioned already it's going to be talked about for years it was sensational um, I think what was really interesting about Walsh's scores was how in, in, individualised they were you know he'd work so hard for them you know it wasn't a case that Comer or Finnerty were winning the ball and he was coming around in the loop for them he was literally winning the ball taking on two or three men and, and, and hitting just incredible scores scores you're probably likely never to see again you know or anytime soon certainly so there was a contrast in that regards Yeah, I feel really sorry for Sean Kelly and Tom O'Sullivan like both them men all year I have to say I've loved watching them Sean Kelly in particular I've seen sort of several of his matches and duels he has been immense this year like both them boys if they were man of the match yesterday they've probably been in the running for player of the year they were literally that amazing in terms of defenders and yet I've seen multiple all-star teams being suggested and them boys were being left off Mm. so it's and, and yet uh, Joyce and Jack O'Connor did not move them off because they were their two best defenders they left them on and so these boys might miss out in the big individual gongs not that the individual all-stars particularly matter but it's just amazing how them two boys having done so much for the team all through the year were there in the eye of the storm yesterday and just were left to stick at it because they were the best the teams had but they were just up against two forwards that were just uh, on top top form and what about is that a mistake fellas because look I appreciate well they're our best two defenders so let's just leave them on their t- best two players but like sometimes 
you know, styles make fights and you don't know what attribute another defender has that seems to just cause a Clifford or a Walsh in this case a bit of trouble. And I was sort of thinking to myself, I understand why they're leaving the two best players on the two best players. But like, what have you got to lose here by trying someone else just for a moment? I mean, all that's going to happen is you're going to have another Walsh and Clifford score here. So maybe try someone else on the off chance that they have some some attribute which which causes problems, No. Yeah, it's an interesting point and I was thinking about it today. Maybe it was just a fact that the other matchups were working so well for, for the respective teams that they, they didn't want to change them. For for instance, like Foley had Comer taken out of the game, um, Liam Silk really had Sean O'Shea taken out of the game. So maybe they were afraid if they make a switch that, you know, it could free up Comer or it could free up Sean O'Shea and you're kind of having the reverse refe- effect from what you want. But yeah. yeah, it is interesting. It is really interesting how there wasn't a switch made. But um, look, it was some spectacle to watch them two boys in action. Hmm. What do you think, Ender? Do you think it was a risk of not upsetting the wider ecosystem, which was generally going well for both? Funny, before Colm said it, it was, that was exactly what I was going to say. The rest of the matchups were were so good from both managers' point of view that you'd probably be happy enough. And, and on the Sean Kelly Clifford one, was there a huge amount that he could have done about a lot of that? Uh, particularly in the first half, I'm 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 not really sure. Thomas Sullivan, I, I genuinely think if when he rewatches the game, I think. He, he almost gave Walsh a wee bit too much respect. I think he was particularly scared of Walsh's pace and trying to go around him and, and he'd given them a couple of metres. Uh, and I think he could have been a wee shade tighter. He would usually be a wee shade tighter. So I've got a feeling that, that he, if he was given a second bite at it, he, he might do a wee bit better. But I think both Walsh and Clifford are, are that special very, very rare type of player that the bigger the stage, they, they almost seem to recognise it and relish it. Uh, and we, we all got to enjoy that yesterday. And Tom O'Sullivan and Sean Kelly got to suffer it. Uh, but like for the work that those two boys have done this year, uh, I don't think anybody will be too critical of them after yesterday. But I just <laughs> yeah, think it's, it's remarkable that they've suddenly fallen off the radar in terms of uh, awards. What have you done for me lately, lads? You know, that's, it's the, the brutality <laughs> of uh, sport. It's funny on Kelly because with a couple of the Clifford Marks and television and 2D and also looking at something from a height has that ability to flatten things out like you wouldn't believe because I was looking at Clifford taking these marks and thinking oh come on like get a fist in with them or do like you gotta do more there but it's funny I saw a photo taken at ground level of how high Clifford was in the air and I suddenly had a a, a second thought of okay his feet are about five to five and a half feet off the ground in one of the photos so like he's getting up as well I thought well yeah. fair, if it was that easy Kelly probably would be able to do something about it yeah and he's already a monster on top of that then Joe you know he probably already has a couple of inches on Sean Kelly and 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 to mention it there could he have done a whole pile more like even that score he gets at the start of the second half off his right foot Kelly actually gets a hand in knocks it away from them and the ball actually falls in, in Clifford's favour and he runs onto it and kicks it over the bar off his right foot Sunday when it's not your day it's just not your day and it definitely wasn't Sean Kelly's day yesterday unfortunately or Tom, Tom O'Sullivan and, and on the point on, on the pace for Shane Walsh as a back and you'll probably know this as well when you're beaten the first time you're petrified the next time you know you just know I might just need to sit off a yard here and that was just falling Shane Walsh's hands every time because he probably knew we had him then he was getting the chance to turn and take him on and that's all that Shane Walsh needs mm-hmm. No absolutely absolutely but look I've got a funny feeling that Sean Kelly's performance 
over the next 10 years, Sean Kelly's performance will probably look all right. And that he was probably within touching <laughs> distance of different. I've got a funny feeling it's going to be the short straw. A lot of good defenders are going to uh, suffer the consequences of. It was quite stunning into how confident Shane Walsh was. Like some of those points he scored and the manner in which he scored them, they were uh, of a like uh, the, the kind of panache of a player who was like footballer of the year all year whereas Walsh was actually coming into this final with a question mark over him in, in the big games and it's all about Comer like he like he, he, I, I couldn't think of a player looking more confident Yeah and and yet everybody would say that about Sheehan that he is this free spirit he literally just plays football for the joy of it and, and you can see it in the manner of his play you can see it in his love and complete primacy of the skills over anything else he just wants to be perfect off left foot and right foot and have all the beautiful skills and he just wants to play football uh, he's not a player that would worry too much about critique and he got plenty of critique after the, the previous performances and people talking about a street player a hot a player that can be hot and cold and whenever he, he takes the notion would, would be the classic cliche and well yesterday he took the notion uh, and he he done it and I'm delighted for him because I've known him he's a great great lad and he loves his football and to see a player like that really really stand up and do that on a big day against a player of, of O'Sullivan's ranking was amazing but absolutely the scores like the first 45 he hit which that game at the start and we Colm you've been there I've been there all Ireland finals like those first five six seven minutes until you get into the game once or twice and maybe take a hit the level of adrenaline in your system and, and you've seen it with Paddy Clifford and, and his first contact it was really fumbly and really really uncharacteristic of him but you're you have so much adrenaline in the system and even somebody as cool as Shane was that first 45 it, ju- it was an ugly 45 in terms of somebody that strikes the ball as well as Shane Walsh. It just about made it over the bar. And yet that wee bit of a difference can be the wee change that suddenly gets a player right. I'm now up and going. And then sure, the second point from underneath, I think it was the one underneath the Hogan stand where he turned in and struck it. And you seen that and you just thought, right, we're away. He's yeah. flying. And it was as if from then on, you seen Clifford do something amazing. And it was as if the two of them had this wee thing, right? Well, if, if he can do that at that end, I'm damn sure I can do something special at my end. And, yeah. yeah. That one under the Hogan where he could put in the two defenders, that was frightening. That 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 just jumped out as, as opposed to early-ish in a game. That was like a guy who's, you know, they're eight points up and he's had the game of his life and he's able to try anything it was just um, just phenomenal and I guess further to end his point column Sean O'Shea kind of snatches at that 45 and you know like for Sean O'Shea of all people to snatch at that 45 who knows if that sails over calmly what that does to his performance that's exactly the point I was going to make, Joe. Yeah, the difference in, in the two strikes you know, Sean, Sean he pulls it very unlike him and doesn't really get into the game after that, you know, it's kind of snatching at a couple of balls that come his way. Whereas as watch the, the the next time he gets the ball after the forty five, he's buzzing. He's absolutely buzzing. I think it definitely suited him playing a bit closer to goal yesterday. And he probably found that he was getting more space than he was getting against the likes of Armagh and the likes of Derry because Kerry probably weren't getting as much bodies back around that Siltra channel as he as he faced in the previous two games. And he certainly made hay with that space, no doubt about it. Just before we jump off that Walsh uh, Clifford mini drama that kind of <laughs> dominated the game it was just amazing so like Walsh this was spectacular and if he keeps doing that my god uh, we'll be talking about a hell of a career on uh, Clifford and it already feels as if each year we're talking about now it's like part of this mythology of the greatest player of all time and the ups and the downs and it's the latest instalment of it I mean it, it really does feel like you played you would have seen Canavan and uh, seen some greats but it this really does feel like we're watching something that we've never seen before. 
And often it's, it's usually a wee bit later in, in a yeah. career whenever maybe he's had one or two man-of-the-match performances in big, big games uh, like All-Ireland Finals and that and won maybe two, three medals and that. Whereas he, he was almost anointed before yesterday and then whenever he'd done it, then it was, okay, we're, we are up and running. And we have now, sometimes you only are starting to really laud somebody towards the end of their career. Well, we're all going to have 10-odd years of, and hopefully he stays injury-free, but... Look, he's got all the talents. What I I seen a match, I think it was actually Kerry might have been, it was some form of a knockout game up in Clonus against Monaghan. And it ended up a draw. And Clifford had been massive to, to drag Kerry to get the draw at the end. And the draw was an amazing result on the day for Kerry because they, they looked well out and beaten. And it was, the players were clearing off the pitch. And I was just happened to be watching Clifford. And he was an angry, angry man coming off. He was disgusted. And this, this was now, this was maybe two, three, this must have been three years ago. So he was only a cub. And yet he had that anger, he had that leadership, he had that expectation of the Kerry team. Whenever I seen that, because we all were aware of his talent and everyone else from, from the minor days, whenever I seen that, I thought, okay, the, the, he has that because you mentioned Canavan there. That's what struck anybody playing in alongside or in the dress rooms with Canavan. The thing that's, always you got it full in the face was that massive competitive desire and you seen it yesterday and, and there was that wee bit of a contrast with Walsh too Clifford was pumped up every ball he was jumping there's a wee bit of a showmanship he's turning to the crowd but there is anger in everything he does he is so determined and so competitive and I think with that with his, Colin mentioned, his physical size, then his speed, which surprised everybody a few games ago when he just blitzed and people sort of forgot because he plays the game in such a beautiful, sort of relaxed manner. They suddenly realised, right, he's got lightning fast pace. And then, of course, his feet, and we've seen his touch in around the goal for such a big man. He's got this amazing sort of close touch. So when, when we talk about somebody that has it all, all the skills and athleticism, he has it. But that ingredient, that absolute sort of competitiveness and aggression and that wee bit of dirt that he has in his game, he's a boy that's willing to sort of throw it in. You see these wee cheeky slaps that he sort of gets away with and he's such a wonderful player. Nobody wants to be annoyed with him at all, Mm. Uh, but he does it. Uh, But all of that, that makes him the player that potentially, and again, you never know what life brings, uh, but potentially and hopefully we, we, we get to see this man because he, he's, he's only touching the start of his prime years. Well, that's the thing and that's why it feels ludicrous to have these conversations, but the performances almost uh, warrant them because Colm, again, I, I can't think of another 22, 23 and he's now 24 year old who is being talked about, not as the best of his generation or several, but as maybe the best we've ever seen. No other 20, early 20 something year old player has had to deal with that. And uh, that makes it all the more extraordinary. He's not shying away from it. And, uh, but as, as Enda says, it's a weird conversation to have when the vast, vast majority of his career is still in the future. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And you'd have to say Kerry's future success is really dependent on him and his fitness and his form. You know, if, if David Clifford has a bad year, you probably Kerry don't win the All-Ireland. That's how pivotal he is. And like it's the calibre of players that... Uh, both past and present that's talking about this they're, like you said they're not talking about him being the best now they're talking about him being the best ever at 23 years of age and mm. you know the likes of Colin Cooper are saying this so it's it's just outrageous even to think what he's done in the game and what he's going to do with it it's a frightening thought mm. We're taking a very short break Enda McGinley and uh, Colin Boyle are staying with us and we're going to get to some of your texts and talk a little bit more about Kerry Galway back in one second 
You're welcome back. We have Colin Boyle and Enda McGinley with us. We're picking our way through the All-Ireland Football Final. Colin, if we jump into a key part of the game, we've talked about Clifford there for obvious reasons and Walsh for obvious reasons. Uh, despite Clifford's brilliance, Galway had absorbed that to the extent that on 47 minutes they were two points up and then they don't score for 17 minutes and the game gets away from them. Where is it for you that Galway just came up, sh- came up short as that game uh, reached its natural conclusion? I would say there was a couple of things in it, Joe. I possibly they put in a huge effort for the first 15 minutes or so. I think that was maybe can tell. We were talking about Shane Walsh there. I think his influence on the game began to wane in the last maybe 20 minutes or so of the game. And maybe Bar killing Matt Date, who had an unbelievable second half, certainly as a scoring threat and going forward. There wasn't enough other Galway players chipping in on the scoreboard. As is up the other end for Kerry, you know, you had Killian Milan, Adrian Milan, Graham O'Sullivan getting up for a score, Gavin White. So there was more, but Paddy Clifford, obviously. So there was more boys helping out David Clifford in that regards and, and putting the scores on the board. And they go through that really 15, 16 minute spell. Kerry go two up, and it looks like the game has gone away from them. And I know we'll probably talk about the free for, for against John Kelly in a couple of minutes, but they do get a very lucky free themselves, which kind of settles them down. I, th- I think Killy McDay gets hit by Gavin White. To me, that's a perfect shoulder. They get a free in, Watch puts that over the bar, and it just settles them back down again. And they they, they ended up levelling it very quickly again with Kelly Mc, Killy McDade, and next thing it's it's 16-all. Mm. But I think, look, at when you, when you break it down, I think the benches, and this will be the huge thing for Galway going forward, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this after, they just didn't have enough impact from the bench they didn't have enough boys contributing when you look at the Kerry side three points coming from the bench Joe Connor's just off the bench and he wins the last three that Sean O'Shea puts over the bar for the insurance score Galway just didn't have that and they didn't have enough forwards playing well and the boys that come in didn't really change things unfortunately and that's probably where it starts to fall apart for them Paul Conroy was getting tighter on the middle you could see that and they tried him in full forward then before taking him off so they were beginning to win in in a number of aspects and, and Kerry were punishing them on the scoreboard. At the same time, at 16-all, it caused that huge call against John Kelly um, coming out of the fence for, for Galway. And it's it's a very, very tough goal, I, a call, I feel, against them. Um, it's not a call you see going against the, the man in possession an awful lot. I think I think Killian Spillane does leave that hand in long enough for free to be given for Daly. What, what, what I'll say... What I'll say about it is Daly does grab his arm obviously and and then kind of breaks away I think the referee could actually just let them play from there and not give a free either way I think it's a huge huge call to give against Daly in, in, in that instant and it really once Clifford put that over you know Kerry never looked back from there Okay loads in that answer and why don't you pick up on the free against Daly Yeah when, I suppose there's that there's the standard thing, the common sense referee, in that that anybody that played the game, you just sort of automatically look at the thing and you think, okay, there might be a free there, you might not. Whenever you looked at that incident, my initial reaction uh, sitting at home was, yeah, that's 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 going to be a free out all day long. I think the carry players were expecting it as well. Uh, technically, <laughs> did Spillan do anything wrong? His arm was in over the shoulder. A lot of the times that seems to be given as a free now, although it's not specifically a free, and he was going for the ball. So I think it was a legitimate tackle. Just did he leave the hand and he probably did, but again, he wasn't pulling the player down or anything like that there. John Daly, he, he definitely did grab the arm and no one hurting and even in club football up here in Trone, that is something he he will he he loves spotting boys really blatantly grabbing an arm and then pulling down and, and daily done that. So it, it would be something pretty consistent from Hurston. 
of the two actions, which was more of the free, to be honest, I do think it was Daly's action in, in the arm wrap pulling down was more of a free. I think Killian's plan was a fairly legitimate attempt to tackle the ball. He was only high because Daly was so low. So in in terms of the technicality of it, I, I think, to be honest, it was the right call. In terms of that moment, was it a fairly cheap free to give in that moment of the game? Yes. Uh, I, I, I think it was I think you expect things to be very very hard earned at that time and for that I think I would have expected a Galway free out and I don't think anybody would have looked at it twice if it was a Galway free out mm. other than saying he played for it but sure how many frees do we look at knowing when the free is given yeah he played for it but it was still given uh, but technically uh, my call is he, he got it right Herson got it right mm. As for the benches which Colin mentioned and uh, so Kerry used their full complement of six substitutions Galway didn't they they had made four substitutions and it should be said as well that uh, Tierney only came off in the 74th minute so in effect and Galway made three substitutions and, and, that, and that's a pattern we've, we've sort of seen uh, most of the year where, where Galway have, have used their bench less maybe than, than some other teams uh, whereas Kerry had that very much that 18-19 man sort of definite almost like a first 15 20 if you know what I mean mm. and then you've got your 15 starters and you've got your five boys that are pretty much every bit as good as the starters and they're your finishers so to speak uh, Dublin certainly that model for a number of years and I think most top teams that is where you have to be but you do need a, a strong and deep squad and a very experienced squad Derry have Kerry have been to the latter end of the championship multiple years so Killian Spillane has had big impact in big games before and, and that changes the mindset of a player as well uh, it makes it more difficult from a man management point of view of keeping everybody happy uh, and obviously Jim Gavin faced that challenge for multiple years Galway are earlier in their development pathway and I don't think they have that absolute strength and depth as yet uh, and it was talked of before Sunday's game that Kerry had the stronger bench and in these games like these games now last 80 minutes uh, they're being played in summer I know Sunday wasn't hot hot but it's still you're you're playing in, in peak July weather so it's tough on boys it's certainly tough on any older lads to, to last it and you and nearly all these games coming down the last 15-20 minutes every single ball is so massive and so critical you need your almost your best players there on the pitch at the end uh, and Kerry certainly had a better mix but it, it wasn't a lot of them like the, the likes of Potty Clifford so Jack O'Connor at halftime could have hauled off Potty Clifford as much as he could have hauled off Paul Ganey Paul Ganey was actually getting on the ball well getting into some great positions and just it just wasn't happening um, for the, on the shooting end of it uh, whereas Potty Clifford was getting on the ball but was looking very very fumbly and it wasn't really getting away at all but Clifford has obviously hit more high notes during the year and has had a bigger impact and swung it round in second halves and is that bit younger I suppose too maybe than Ganey and so he trusted him to keep going the second half and Potty Clifford turned it round as much as the Kerry bench Potty Clifford was like a new player in that second half for Kerry too and again to what Colin was saying Kerry just had more about them than just David Clifford in that second half and that was essential as good as what David Clifford was it was essential that Potty Clifford kicked in that Killian Spillane kicked in that Gavin White got up and got the point uh, those things are, are, are critical Mm, they sure are. And just just on yes, that Colin, too, in. The, I, I couldn't help but think last night of a, of a couple of Galway players not on the squad at the minute, the likes of Peter Cook, 
Ian Burke, Michal Daly, obviously Sean Mulcairn picked up a bad injury at the start of the year. I'm just thinking even if they two of them uh, out of four of them boys to come on in the last 20 minutes or even start that game yesterday, the difference it would have made certainly a matching carry in in the last 15 minutes of the game. You know, that's one thing I'd really be wondering about as a a goal supporter if them boys were were on the squad this year, the difference it could have made in the last last 20 minutes in particular. And are they off it, off it or might Joyce be on the phone now? I don't know to be honest I think Peter Cook is away with work as far as I know um, Ian Burke I actually met him the day of the Mayo Galway game he told me he was working in Dublin and uh, Michal Daly I'm not sure what the story was there I think he was let go off the panel last year for, for whatever reason I don't know but for me if I'm Park Joyce looking forward I, I you know I need to be looking at depth you're not going to you're not going to get there without the depth they were so close yesterday but to get that to get over the line I think that's one area he'll certainly be going after for, for next year mm, Yeah for sure I mean I guess the other point it's been made so often this year uh, it's easy to just gloss by it in this conversation but this was a Galway team that scored 11 goals en route to the final and they don't score a goal against Kerry and the only goal Kerry conceded was that Cormac Costa though bit of genius and you couldn't really put that down as a, a defensive last lapse and, and we had Jack O'Connor there at the start of the conversation saying look 20 points no goals conceded wins most games and in Kerry we feel if we don't concede a goal we'll probably win the game so that's where you're, again Enda you're back to you know someone like Ramos Sullivan doing a good job on Robert Finnerty and, and again if I'd said to you pre-game that Jason Foley's going to keep Comer scoreless you'd say well Galway have no chance here yeah, like and going back to that Costello, it's it was barely a goal chance. Yeah. Like it, it was just sheer brilliance. Like it was it was barely a goal chance, well outside the penalty box, wide on the fourteen yard line. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you you threw Jason Foley huge huge game yesterday against Comer. Like it's nearly I want to rewatch the game again just to watch that off the ball to see what Foley was doing because he had a huge, huge game. Tom O'Sullivan obviously had a tough game but has been immense all year. Gavin White going really, really well. Uh, so yeah, Kerry defence, obviously Paddy Talley, there's a lot of talk mm. about Paddy Talley's influence on it and no doubt he did he, he did have a work but I think also there, there's that recognition for Kerry that in, the, in their attacking threat that they carried that they could really need so little work on. So many teams have to do so much work to try to get their forward units working well. Whenever you have out-and-out talent, you don't really need to do a huge amount of work. The recipe is fairly ingredient, is, is fairly easy. Mm. You just get it to Clifford, if, if in doubt. Uh, so it allows them to really focus on the defensive work. And my God, they have. But right throughout the league and everything else, they've been praying themselves on that defensive work and those lads I would imagine that's a really really tight unit I'd imagine they are taking massive pride in being really horrible to play against as a defence which isn't something you would have associated with Kerry over the past 10 years mm. uh, and, and I think with their defence and they, they nailed it this year I think it's a collective thing too and I think the likes of Stephen O'Brien I've already mentioned him there yesterday or sorry makes two blocks in that first half like Stephen O'Brien to me defending was never his strong point but I think it's just the mentality You gone, Colm? I think Colm might just be gone. Oh, I might get him back, yeah. He's, there is a selfless thing that was mentioned a couple of times in commentary about 
the very fact Clifford wasn't following Sean Kelly. So yeah. Clifford wasn't following and Clifford wasn't being expected. So there is a selflessness to that Kerry team and, a, and again a recognition of his own talent. Uh, the, the David Moore thing because he wouldn't have massive legs around the middle again. You have a lot of boys doing a lot of selfless work. Stephen O'Brien obviously as, as Colin was mentioning one of them. Jeremy O'Connor and other covers huge, huge ground. Sean O'Shea you've seen that with the block early on in the game where he came right back. I thought he, he on one half I thought he was Played it quite safe yesterday, Sean O'Shea. I would have loved to see him do more because I think he's obviously a wonderful player too. Mm. Uh, but he he worked so, so hard for the team at various times yesterday. Uh, and again, that allows Clifford to save the legs a wee bit and to do the damage at, at the other end. So there is that selfless nature. But again, that's that's a team. It's it's a, it's the teams that win all Ireland. And mm. uh, Kerry spotted where they had to strengthen. They strengthened there and they become a much better team uh, because of it. They sure have. Colin's back with us. I'll ask the, the last question to you then, Colin. So on the one hand, this is being talked about now as that, minor winning golden era for Kerry uh, which is now uh, come of age and they'll play even a more unhindered and, and confident brand of football with an All-Ireland uh, medal in their back pocket and so there are several more All-Irelands in this team and you can use the word dominate or not but regardless several several more All-Irelands in this team and yet the, the argument against is no Clifford not so sure so give us your sense of this Kerry team over the next five years how many All-Irelands will they win three? Jeez, that, that, that's a big call that's a big number to say um, I don't think they're bec- going to become a runaway train like the Dublin footballers or the current Limerick hurlers look I think you mentioned all the all the points there that could it could go in that direction but are they a million miles away obviously they have the outstanding player in Clifford and the likes of O'Shea when you go through the rest of the team are they a million miles away from what's out there I, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure I think when, when things start back up again in 2023 I think there's a lot of teams that know on the big day that they can do a lot of things that can get to this Kerry team. They're obviously going to be a far more confident Kerry team, as you mentioned there. The pressure's obviously off at this stage. The, the monkey's off their back and they have a an unbelievable manager that's going to be driving them on now to, to win a back-to-back title. But yeah, could they win a couple of Lions in the next few years? Definitely. But I, I don't think it's going to be a case that, it's a, that they're going to dominate win two, three, four, five in a row. I couldn't see anything like that. But look, they're, they're going to win a couple more because they just have the best player in the, in the country in Clifford. And on his day, he's just unmarkable and can almost win it on his own to a certain extent. OK, fellas, brilliant stuff. Con Boyle, thank you. Enda McGinley, thank you. Appreciate it, lads. Ginger. So uh, the two lads there looking back on the final yesterday. Gaelic football on off the ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. Look, look, the Kerry gig is a, is, is a fantastic, it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic job. It's a very challenging job, but like, who doesn't want to coach Man United? You know, you know what I'm saying? There, there is that lure because of the tradition. Worst thing's going to happen than Jack O'Connor going back is my current, is my current thought on this, this whole situation. At the start, I was like, no way. Now I'm like, he might actually win an All-Ireland for Kerry. Sean O'Shea looking to send Kerry.
And what would it mean to you to be able to come back into the fold and take them to, to win the All-Ireland? Actually, look, that's the ultimate that's the ultimate dream, you know. It's the dream at the start of every year, but, you know, we won't be fast-forwarding to that now for uh, the, the next few years. wide at pace, gives it to David Clifford, who's just inside the 45, left on a oh. shot from Clifford, anything Shane Walsh can do, Clifford can do, if not better, certainly, equally, that's a cracker of a score. And O'Sullivan up to the goal with 65, goes with the lofted ball down towards the 20 metre line, Clifford oh. comes and takes it and claims the mark inside the team, what a catch that was from David Clifford. Sean O'Shea poor kicks ball. it down the wing, it's a really poor ball, but David Clifford somehow manages to turn on up to the 20 at a tight angle, has a pop, David Clifford into the hill 60 end, kicks it over what a score that was from David Clifford not just the finish, but the way he won it from such a poor pass yeah, and the narrative of the game really is simple Shane Walsh and David Clifford, these two guys have lit up Croke Park today and it, it all boils down to you know, how influential they can be for the last 15, 20 minutes Clifford makes tough look easy Clifford with that unique style kicks it over with the left, Kerry lead again Kerry 17, Galway 16 66-37 on the clock Kerry with the free, Sean O'Shea to take it Sean O'Shea outside the 13 metre line facing the hill 16 end this one is surely the one that wins it Sean O'Shea, Sean O'Shea kicks it over Kerry are the All-Ireland champions for the 38th time 